Whole Being, a podcast on wholeness with Ariane and Maximilian. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today, Ariane? I'm doing super well, Max. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Um, we obviously had a little bit of a, a, a chat right before the episode and to sort out some technical difficulties. And mm-hmm. beautifully, it brought us to today's topic so effortlessly. <laughs> so effortlessly. And when these when this effortless effort comes my way, I usually jump on that <laughs> and I take that as an opportunity to speak about it and to share the information with others because it really was interesting wasn't it yes it was very interesting and i find it was very guiding today's episode is all about simplicity and living simply what we were encountering just before the start of this episode was we were having some technical difficulties with our fancy microphones and headsets and whatnot and well it turns out that (laughs) They weren't working for us today. So we, <laughs> Ariane, actually, you you said to me, well, why don't we keep it simple and just use the computer as is? So that is what we're doing right now. Totally. You know, here I am showing up. This actually happened last week to me when we recorded a practice trial for this podcast. I showed up with my fancy Yeti microphone. It was a lovely gift I got from someone who put in quite an investment to buy this for me so I could do these really fancy podcasts with people like yourself, Max. And, (laughs) you know, I plug it in, I'm ready to go. And lo and behold, we listen to the podcast after and my voice is totally muffled and my voice is actually totally crisp, clear and ready to go without using any of those additional tools. What a great reminder on my part to just show up and that is more than enough. And you also had your own um, experience yeah. with a sim- with something similar, Ham. Absolutely. And you know what you were just saying there, the simplicity of just showing up, of simply showing up to life. You mm-hmm. know, some of us may have heard it, this particular phrase being set in yoga classes, just being encouraged to simply show up to your mat because that is all that is is truly needed Mm -hmm. and i certainly think that we can apply this to life itself and everything that is contained within life simply showing up Mm -hmm. totally and i'm wondering why we have created and i'll speak for myself why i have created so much complexity around how i can do things why i can do things where i can do things when really (laughs) it's actually very simple (laughs) taking one day at a time, taking one step at a time, taking one breath at a time. And yet I'll take very simple tasks and put so many complicated things before I can even attempt (laughs) to address that one task. And I'm wondering, what is this hardwired complexity? Yeah, that's a that's a very good question. I can only speak for myself and also from my experience with with my clients that there certainly is a tendency to find it deceiving when something is very simple. And mm-hmm. I, I love to use the, the phrase, something is deceptively simple um, because I certainly have found myself in so many situations throughout my life where deep down, I know the simple way or the simple solution or the simple answer is, 
is the is the true path mm. but then another part of me comes in you know the mind telling you actually no this would be too simple you know mm-hmm. there might be an element of you know maybe maybe something's trying to deceive you with this simplicity because we know from we believe to know from experience that things have to be complex at least to a certain level sometimes a bit more sometimes a bit less but there needs to be some kind of complexity mm-hmm. and you know that itself there you could ask the question where is is that belief coming from mm-hmm. and i think um it would probably be rooted somewhere in in most of our childhoods that we are brought up thinking things have to have a certain level of complexity to be to be good or to be worthy mm-hmm. or to work and um it's really really interesting because in a way what it does is it makes us mistrust or grow sort of suspicious of the things that are truly simple yeah and from my personal experience i've noticed that the simple things in life those are the wonderful beautiful things and the ones that take you far but then we have this this um tendency to mistrust them to yep. distrust and and then try to go against it or try to actually uh, i i'm sure some of uh, our listeners have done that before i've certainly done it you intentionally complicate matters mm-hmm. so that they become more reasonable to you mm-hmm. rather than just keeping them as simple as they as they're supposed to be as they are by nature mhm yeah you're speaking about this and uh it's opening a couple doors for me as they're you're speaking about this theme so i'm also going to go back to um our our conditioning you know how we were first introduced to life and how this theme of simplicity and complexity first came to us and so let's say for example uh as young children we did not have uh, a safe or a loving space so accessible to us and maybe there was a lot of struggle perhaps we made stories around well for me to earn this loving safe simplistic harmonious way of life i'm going to have to strive i'm going to have to work hard i'm going to have to earn or prove i'm going to have to extend myself and i'm certainly not going to have to let go and trust and breathe and fall back into the hands of a trusting life you know what i mean we may have mm-hmm. constructed some stories around that and perhaps a lot of us are still stuck in that conditioning and i think it's it's huge i find especially in in the western world as you were saying we are so conditioned to believe that if you want to achieve anything in life you have to work really hard and nowadays we're at a point where busyness is so intricately tied into our self-worth. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm not finishing a 30 30 item to-do list on on any day, I'm not going to be worthy of slothing on the couch in the evening. That totally. kind of thinking. And I I think that's actually one of the reasons why listicles and to-do lists have become such a 
such a popular thing for everyone to do. And, you know, I think we can probably all relate to some extent to that satisfaction that we get by ticking off yet another item on our to-do list. Mm -hmm. That in itself is so interesting because if we were to objectively look at most of the items on that to-do list on any given day, we would probably come to realize that these items, these things that we apparently need to accomplish in the day to feel better about ourselves, they're all created by us. We are creating these things that apparently we need to do and complete so that we are worthy of our own selves. And honestly, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have seen it that way because I was so in that, mm-hmm. that there was no way for me to actually see it. But now, having been able to step back over the years from all of that and looking at it from a broader perspective, it's becoming so cl- crystal clear and almost to the point where it amuses me sometimes of what we do to overcomplicate life itself and our life, as well as the lives of others sometimes, just to deny ourselves that simplicity that is so innate and natural to our being. Yep, you're painting this picture for me, Max, and I'm seeing an individual being a total, like almost like a slave to that to-do list. And the to-do list Mm -hmm. grows bigger and bigger. And um, it's this this list that's infinite and it just keeps on going. (laughs) The person has to keep on catching up to this list as it increases. And I'm looking at this person and I'm seeing this person in an avoidance state. They're avoiding. And so the question is, what are they avoiding and why? Yeah. And you said it there. You said simplicity. You said that simplistic state. Why are we putting so much effort? You know how exhausting it is to be in that rat oh. race? It is so exhausting. So why are we extending ourselves to such a degree to avoid this simple state? And we can tie this into wholeness in such a beautiful way right now. Yeah, it's true. But before we we actually tie it into this whole aspect of wholeness. I just wanted to say that with these listicles and to-do lists, there is a certain danger in my opinion to it as well, because as you were saying, this list, you know, has a tendency to grow further and further and further. And I remember, you know, about 10 years back in my life, I had a list and I remember that every time the list was growing bigger by one or two or three more items, it was directly affecting my self-worth, how I was seeing myself because I was thinking, wow, I have not been able to take off any more items yet I have just added another five and it would make me feel depressed. And um, well, now going to, um, to your other point about wholeness, Mm. I think these these lists, mm-hmm. these to-do lists without, you know, we don't want to focus this entire podcast episode on just to-do lists, but it is such a beautiful example because in a way it shows us the underlying beliefs that that many of us hold that, you know, I certainly held for many years um, growing up. I was broken that there was fixing that needed to be done. You know, I needed to complete these different 
items on the list, even if they weren't related to my health in any way, and they were just related to a business of mine or a project of mine. But mm -hmm. I had to complete these items on the list because otherwise I wasn't complete. You know, tying this directly now into our wholeness, our wholeness is innate. We have it from, from the moment we're conceived. And, you know, once we're born, we carry this wholeness with us wherever we go. We are this wholeness. But I think a major factor is how we're being raised within society. There are so many beliefs of us being broken. We require fixing. We need to achieve certain things to be worthy of people's attention and be worthy of money and status and so forth. All of those affect that sense of wholeness that is so innate in us. And we, we simply forget about it. And maybe we even actively push it down into a, a dark space. And then these, these to-do lists will become a, a means to, you know, slowly work, work towards our completion, towards our wholeness. With every item, we subconsciously strive to, to be whole one day. But the, the truth is, like, you could have a thousand items on that to-do list, and even if you accomplished all 1,000 items chances are not that good that you'll actually feel yeah. whole and complete because once you're done with that to-do list there is this natural tendency and i have felt it for myself for many years to look for new projects and not even give yourself that break where you just go i'm just going to appreciate this so we could go forever without ever recognizing the wholeness that is so innate to us and the wholeness that we were even before we started any to-do list. Yeah, I've, I'm definitely resonating with what you're saying here, Max. There's been many points in my life and even now to different to a certain degree where I've wrapped my value around my level of productivity. I've wrapped mm -hmm. my value around it and the list continues to grow and I'll knock off some things on the list. I even have an app right now that my partner recently discovered and is sharing with me. It's a to-do app, to-do list app. And every time you click, <laughs> every time you click on one of the things you've accomplished, it, it sounds a bell and the bell becomes so addictive. <laughs> it's like this oxytocin hit and it's something that I look forward to and I want to hear it. And sometimes I'll even click on something, even though I'm not done it. And I just want to hear the sound. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, and I'm observing it. By observing it, I'm allowing myself to not be so fully identified with it. And I'm the first to say that I still have some work to do, of course, because there's still a part of me that enjoys it and, and, re and really likes it. It's two different dialogues. The wholeness mm -hmm. part of us, the whole part of us is like, heck no, our worth <laughs> is not wrapped around this to-do list. We are whole and complete no matter what we do or don't do. And then the other, the other side of us who is, has wrapped the value around that to-do list is saying, well, no, of course not. I'm only going to feel my best. I'm going to be my most whole once this list is completed. And so we have this conflicting dialogue. And I would encourage people yeah. to practice taking a step back and to practice entering that dialogue of wholeness and to start uh, really looking at 
what that sounds like, what that feels like to be in a place, even if the mind is like, what are you talking about? No, <laughs> it's not true that I'm already whole and complete now. And I don't need to, I don't need to, you know, step away from this to-do list and actually just be during the day. And, <laughs> you know, I'm not, we're not saying here that you live your days not doing anything and not being productive. That that's, it's very different. We're, we're talking about something totally different here. We're talking about not wrapping around identity, right? Worthiness around that to-do list. So it's something very, very different. So I definitely encourage people to do that. And it might be a dance at first, right? Because the mind is going yeah. to want to keep that perspective. And you know, you bringing up productivity, I think it's, it's very important to, to point this out because yes, at first, if you hear about it, you might think, well, are they trying to tell me that I just shouldn't care and I should just believe that I'm whole and therefore I don't need to do anything? Mm -hmm. You know, productivity is something that is very much ingrained in our culture. To a certain extent, it really drives our culture. So we should still honor the aspect of productivity, but I would, I would like to invite everyone to just try to approach their projects from this aspect of wholeness because just as an example from my personal life when i was running um, an outdoor clothing company i would have a huge to-do list that i wanted to uh, complete and preferably i wanted to complete such a list of like 10 items every day so <laughs> some mornings it would give me almost a sense of paralysis, mental paralysis, just looking at the list, not knowing where to, where to start, what to focus on. Because we, we have so much attention, mm -hmm. we have so much energy that we can um, offer to, to these kind of projects. And now thinking back at these situations where I was just sitting there and going, I don't even know where to start. Maybe I sh just shouldn't start today and I'm just going to take the day off. Now what I know about this aspect of wholeness and now that i feel myself as this beautiful whole being that i am if i were to travel back in time and look at those lists again from this perspective of wholeness from this knowingness of uh, of wholeness i would be able to choose one maybe two out of those things that really resonate with me because you're now you would now be able to look at it from, from a completely different vantage point, a lot more removed from all of that, rather than being right there in the trenches and fighting that war. And that would really be the epitome of productivity because now you're able to go, okay, task number three and task number five out of this list of 10 are actually the ones that I feel the most drawn towards. So I'm going to do those. And that way you can avoid that um, paralysis, that mental mm -hmm. paralysis that sometimes comes when we have a to-do list that just seems to be too epic to conquer. And at the same time, you're also teaching yourself to, to be and work from a completely different place. You're no longer observing things and working at your projects from a place of, if I don't finish this, I'm not going to be worthy of myself. Now you're approaching all of this from a place of, I am already worthy. Now I'm happy to engage with these tasks 
with a lot less pressure because now I don't do it anymore to increase my self-worth. Now I just do it for the sake of creating, for the sake of bettering something out there or just for the sake of expressing yourself. Yeah, so if you painted two pictures here, Max, that are absolutely awesome and I'd love to explore that with you. You've painted a picture of someone who's sitting at their desk and they are totally enveloped in that to-do list and they have wrapped their value and their identity around productivity in a very big way. And they're sitting there and they're taking off one thing at a time, one thing they accomplish. Uh, and then there's a second picture you've painted here of someone who has entered that office space and that to-do list from a space of uh, ease and grace, knowing that they are totally whole, uh, regard whole and complete and worthy, <laughs> regardless of <laughs> how many things are ticked off that list. So I'm not letting myself embody each one. So I'm embodying the first example, that person who's wrapped their worthiness and identity around their productivity. And it's stressful. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of mind, a lot of mind work <laughs> going on here. Yeah. And then, um, and it's never enough. It's, it feels like, feels true. like, yeah, it feels like a rat race is what it feels like. And it feels like I'm having trouble breathing. So there's a lot of tension and restriction here. And I'm letting myself embody that second uh, picture and image that you brought up. There's so much expansion and ease immediately that I'm able to feel and tap into. Because no matter what, I am okay. I'm well, I'm whole, regardless of what happens or doesn't happen on that to-do list. And... That's, this is something that I love to do in my own practice and in my work with people is to really have people understand what this is, to practice visualizing and embodying it, really feeling it for themselves. And then when we really feel it for ourselves, then that's when we start to really get it. It seems like we've, we've really been focusing on uh, more so the the work or job aspect of this of this beautiful concept but it obviously can be applied to everything and anything in life and um, in my practice when when i help my clients it obviously is very much tied into the idea of health and how we're seeing ourselves as broken or requiring fixing and we can have to-do lists in that regard too for, okay, my to-do list is I'm going to go see the chiropractor, then the massage therapist, then I'm going to get some acupuncture treatments in too, because without that, there is no way yep. I'm going to heal. Like I need that. And it's, it might be a different realm that we're entering here, but the concept, the principles are this, they're identical because in the end, it's all tied into our mm -hmm. own self-worth and that trust that we have or don't have in ourselves to heal. It does seem that we often love to outsource things, you know, go and see other practitioners to help us because we have such a hard time helping ourselves. And that in itself can create complexity, complexity to our health and well-being and how we actually think um, we can heal is only by visiting that many different practitioners and doing that many different 
sessions of chiropractic care or acupuncture or whatever it is. You know, it, it doesn't matter what the nature of the modality is. I'm just using this as an example or to inspire everyone that's listening to see how this concept, you know, the, this, this aspect of where am I creating to-do lists, maybe just mental to-do lists in my mind that are not necessarily just focused on my job or my do-it-yourself projects at home, but where else am I applying this? Where else am I creating to-do lists and how much are they tied into my self-worth? And another one is, is spirituality, but I don't, maybe not something to dive too deep into today, but I just wanted to mention too that with spirituality as in itself, if we're looking for um, just simply becoming a bit more spiritual or more intuitive or, or enlightened, there is also that tendency to create a to-do list. You know, I want to do this 12-week course on um, ancestral clearing. And then after that, I'm going to do an eight-step program on how I can attain enlightenment through yoga. In the end, those are all to-do lists. And in the end, those are all just things we put in our way to create more complexity. Complexity that is not necessary because... It's all about a simple path. Oh, yeah. I'm sitting here with a huge smile on my face because I have so many stories to share. So many stories to share about that last theme you brought up about spiritual practice and making it complicated. And I will give you an example here. There was at one point, I would say about eight years ago when I was living back in Montreal, I had a place of my own and... I prided myself on my two and a half hour daily practice. So two and a half hours every day, I would practice without fail. I would practice a combination of yoga. Then I did medical Qigong. Then I did meditation. And I was very devoted to this practice. I wrapped a lot of my worth around this practice. It was really interesting to see what happened. On the outside, I appeared very magnetic, very vital, very energized. But on the inside, there was this insatiable part of me. I could not get enough of that work. It was never enough. And a part of me was actually addicted to it. And what I observe, especially from eight years later, can see how I thought I was doing it for the betterment of myself and for all, but really what I was doing <laughs> was disassociating. I was actually, I was taking steps further away from this concept of wholeness and being whole because in my mind at the time, I was thinking and feeling that, well, you know, if I'm going to have, if I'm going to be healed, if I'm going to be well, if I'm, if I'm going to be aligned and balanced, then this, this is what I must do. Instead of, I'm going to practice Qigong meditation and yoga for the joy of it, for the joy of movement, for the joy of breath, and for the love of the practices, as simple as that. So two very different dialogues. Uh, I did not have that latter dialogue. <laughs> I had uh, the first one where it was like, no, if I'm going to be healed, then I must do this. So on the inside, I was actually starved. I was actually very unhappy. But on the outside, it looked like something totally different. It's interesting, him. Hey? Mm -hmm. It is. Thank you so much for sharing because 
I certainly can relate to your example a lot. And I feel that many others out there can too, in some ways, because we have by nature, this tendency to just overdo it. <laughs> we just love to overdo things and luckily we can we can smile at it and we can laugh about it but for others it is it's hard and you know i see it i i saw it certainly in myself um when i was younger and i see it in some of my clients and i'm just grateful that i have been there so i know what other people are going through at least to a certain extent and it makes us also beautifully human and it really is just part of that wholeness that we are. Fortunately, there's so much more than, than just us being so, ha having this tendency to overdo things so much or wanting yeah. to do over, overdo things so much. And just reminding ourselves of that wholeness. And, you know, of course we can do that mentally, but I find it particularly easy if we allow ourselves to feel that wholeness within us. It it helps to instill peace, but also a sense of balance. Because in that wholeness, we are balanced. Because in that wholeness, as the name, as the word implies, we are everything. And by being everything, there is a certain balance to it. Whereas if we give into our tendency to always wanting to overdo, overachieve, overthink, overanalyze, we're, we're moving away from this balanced state towards an imbalance. And the longer we live in a state of mm -hmm. imbalance, the more we begin to feel it. And of course, first on a non-physical level, but eventually the body will adapt to it. The body will take it on and it will be manifested in the physical through chronic pain as as many of us including ourselves have encountered over the years okay so max you touched upon uh that subject of when you overexert yourself it will manifest eventually as chronic pain in the body i was the kind of person in the past where i would push myself a lot i would go far past my healthy boundaries all in the name of trying to find alignment and wholeness and what I'm observing now is now that I'm stepping out of that rat race, I'm observing pain manifest in my body and it's manifesting. And a part of me is saying, oh, go back into that hiking all those mountains and trail running incessantly and <laughs> doing like really, really intense <laughs> yoga practices, like go back and do all those things so you can get that chronic pain out. But, but really, <laughs> if I really sit and actually listen and feel my body and the needs of it, it's asking for something. It's asking for something else. It's asking to step out of all of those rat races so of all of those um, complexes that I've built around, oh, I need to push myself really hard and really far in order to feel, in order to be whole, in order to heal. Uh, my body is asking to relax and be still. And I observed a part of my mind almost desperately reach out to those old ways because that's what I knew for so, that's what I knew for mm -hmm. so long. Really took some serious internal parenting. <laughs> like, like I'm talking about really <laughs> sitting down with myself and having 
a one-on-one -on -one internal dialogue <laughs> with myself to say, listen, this is done. This way is not serving you. Trust your body. Trust this inner guidance. Really, it's time to really listen mm -hmm. to yourself and really look at where true health and healing and alignment is coming from. And what's really fascinating is I'm observing the sensations in my body, those pain sensations, they're moving around, they're leaving, but it took quite an internal, I would even say, um, oh my God, it was almost like a, like a war at one point, you know, this old part of me would desperately, desperately wanting to go back to that old grind and hustle way. And really having to mm -hmm. sit and parent myself and speak to the depths of, of who I am, really listen to, to my body and to that internal guidance system that I had been pushing, uh, pushing far, far away from me. It's, it's a journey. We're all going to take quite a journey with this. And I like what you say about how the body will manifest those symptoms in a very visceral way. Uh, and we can take, if, mm -hmm. if for anyone who is experiencing any type of chronic pain, we can use this, this pain response as a really beautiful opportunity to dive very deep, to have a very good look at ourselves, and to practice gradually and slowly embodying this wholeness way of being and living. It's actually a beautiful opportunity if we take, if we take that opportunity. Yes, absolutely. And I think the example you just shared, it's a very beautiful example because it shows us how much we try to find comfort mm -hmm. in complexity. You know, even after you had stopped living a life of complexity with a very extensive practice, including medical Qigong, yoga and meditation and so forth, as soon as you were experiencing something that we oftentimes associate it as something negative, such as pain, you immediately, or the mind immediately wanted to go back to the old ways, the complex mm -hmm. ways, because it felt so yep. safe in that complexity. And that in itself is so intriguing to me. I've certainly experienced it myself too. When I think about it, there is a certain level of trust that we simply need to choose to put into mm -hmm. simplicity we it's almost like we have to reteach and relearn how to trust simplicity and that simplicity in every aspect in life is such a beautiful force and can guide us to towards living our full potential there is a certain level of commitment that is required because we most of us are brought up thinking that complexity is the way you know we have to strive towards complexity we perceive our environment to go towards to head mm -hmm. towards complexity in, in everything and then here we are some of us are starting to realize that what we actually need to do might be the exact opposite that we need that we need to ground ourselves in the simplicity that we yeah. truly see everywhere Complexity, I find incredibly interesting. It's a very powerful illusion. We can easily look at the world, especially right now, and we can, we can think we see the complexity that is everywhere. You know, whether it's 
in the marketplace um, around the world or the complexity that we perceive to see within a company structure or within a family. But when we dig deeper, we actually uncover the, the simplicity that underlies this, what I would call this illusion of complexity. You know, it's simplicity that drives everything. It's simplicity that drives everything that we yeah. see in nature, for instance. Yes, the processes, if we look at photosynthesis and how it actually works and how many steps are involved in it, that might seem like it is highly complex. But what is actually driving all of these processes, just as nature, as an example, it's actually very mm -hmm. simple. It is just pure energy, pure energy that is moving freely, that is not stagnant. And the same applies to our body as well. Yes, we could see and look at all the different organs and how they interact with one another. But in the end, that what we first think is so complex is actually very simple the way it operates. And the same with our relationship with people. You know, there, there are millions of books on the topic on on how we can interact with people, how we can even ma manipulate people, how we can pick up women, how we can become better communicators, better facilitators, and so forth. So there's a lot of complexity that we're creating because we're starting to realize, oh, there are so many different aspects to having a good conversation with a, pe with a person or what's the best way to connect mm -hmm. with someone on a deeper level. But then when we look under underneath all of that we start to realize well actually it's pretty simple if you're just a kind loving person mm -hmm. that's what you really need to know you know you don't need to know what characteristics you need to portray in order to attract certain people it's it's very simple it's like mm -hmm. be a loving person yeah be a loving person so simple and to take it to even to another spectrum of simplicity you mentioned earlier on that we need to almost reteach ourselves how to be trusting and how to be simple again and what better way to do that mm -hmm. than by instead of going out there and doing courses on simplicity and reading books on trust <laughs> and doing you know all of these diplomas and all of these things instead of doing that <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it so? It's so. <laughs> it's like once more, you know, finding the beautiful root, and then once more bringing complexity to getting to that root. What if you just took the time to sit yeah. down, close yeah. the door, close your eyes, and breathe, relax your body or mind, and ask yourself what trust is. Ask yourself what simplicity looks like yeah. ask yourself because if we are whole and i truly believe that and i know you do too max then there is nothing outside of ourselves that we need to get or acquire we can get it all within ourselves we just have to ask and we have to listen and then we have to believe we've got to believe what we hear everybody has an inner guidance system this is a whole other podcast inner guidance system we could go on <laughs> for weeks for weeks with that subject yeah. so maybe we'll keep it short here for today and we'll keep it for another time but uh short and sweet to learn that 
it's an inwards process. We've got to, we have it within, we have it yeah. within no books and courses are needed. Right. And you know, you mentioned the aspect of trust and I think that in itself is such a beautiful and important aspect to, to point out because trust too, we can, we understand what it means and hopefully many of us also know what yeah. it feels like to trust but even trust itself we can overcomplicate i've heard many people tell me that they need time to trust whether it's trusting someone trusting themselves or or trusting whoever or whatever they need time or they say you know it's a process um because i don't want to like commit too much and I obviously don't want to get hurt, but in the end, when we put all these criteria around trust or all of these parameters, we're really just yeah. overcomplicating it again. And then we're moving away from that simplicity because at the end of the day, if you're really, really honest with yourself and maybe you go inside of you, you're going to realize that trust is nothing more than a decision that you make for yourself. And you can do it right there on the spot, or you can also continue to tell yourself that in order for you to trust someone else or something else, you need time. Yeah, whoa, what a distinction. And sometimes we may think that we are taking a step back and actually listening to our own whole inner guidance in our whole our own insight but we're still taking that complicated route we're still taking the the path of avoid of mm -hmm. looking outside of ourselves and it can be a sneaky line you know it could be very a delicate line is what i'm trying to say where you know we think we're being that way but we actually are yeah. still looking outside of ourselves probably due to the that programming of everything must be so complex but it doesn't have to be. Absolutely. For people listening that go, well, okay, so you're basically saying it can still be really hard and it will still deceive me to live a simple life. There's always something that you could do because if you find it hard to know, am I on the right track? You know, am I beginning to live a more simple life and am I starting to no longer overcomplicate things? You can do something that a practice that that grounds you you know whether that is you simply feeling yourself the wholeness that you are or you sitting somewhere and just focusing on your breathing or doing some other form of meditative work if you find a practice that is so simple like to the point where it's deceptively simple if you find a practice you can utilize that as your grounding practice. So you'll always know, even if you're feeling like, man, I'm con so confused right now. I don't even know what the simple life is and I don't know if I'm heading towards it. Then sit in meditation, for instance, or go for a walk and aim to just be present there or, or feel everything, all the sensations that come with going for a walk. Do something that is incredibly simple because Practicing simplicity in that way will always bring you back to it. And you'll always know when you are taking the right path towards simplicity. Yeah. 
yeah, we can have those practices in our lives. And I encourage people to know that those practices are our training wheels. They mm-hmm. are not the yeah. absolute solution and the absolute way. They are merely training wheels. And there will come a time where we will be able to access that simple state just with thought and intention alone, just with a breath alone and no tools or practices will be needed. But when we begin and when we're in that state, what you just spoke about, Max, where it's like, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what simplicity is. I've been living such a hectic hustle life. I don't even know what that looks like or feels like. Then yes, absolutely reach for those tools and practices. I, I've been a spiritual practitioner for, <laughs> I can tell you how many practices I've had over my life because I thought I was broken. And yes, I did struggle from some serious anxiety and depression there for a big part of my life, but I held on to my spiritual practices with white knuckles. I literally held on to them thinking that this was the the way and the only way and without it, I could not be whole and I could not be healed. Just like that to-do list we're talking about before, right? There's some people who, like myself in the past, I wrapped my identity and worthiness around that to-do list. Well, it's the same with these practices you're mentioning here, right? We can use them knowing that, oh, this is going to assist me and it's a form of assistance and I am whole no matter what. I don't need this, but I will use it as a practice. And then when I feel like I need to let it go, I will. And that's it, keeping it simple. And for others who don't feel that that inclination, it is also perfectly fine to, you know, dive right in fully and and simply em- embrace that wholeness that we all have within us. Yeah. For me personally, as you know, Ariane, it's it's all about allowing yourself to feel. You as the being that you are allowing yourself to feel all the sensations. Mm-hmm. What we're really feeling no matter what it is that we're feeling, we're feeling this energy, this life force, no matter, or whatever else you want to call it, we're feeling the wholeness that we are. Mm-hmm. And not only the wholeness that we are, but the wholeness that is everything, mm-hmm. hence the word wholeness. It is so incredibly beautiful and grounding that whenever we're, we're facing something, that is the anchor, mm-hmm. the anchor to everything. It certainly completely changed my life. And I'm so grateful that the two of us were able to share this with the world. Mm-hmm. It's certainly nothing new. It's always been around, but it is certainly a good time to bring it more to people's attention or simply remind people of it because m- many are already so familiar with it. Yeah, perfect time to be reminding people of this. And as we talk about it, we're exploring these other depths that we probably wouldn't have gone to on our own. And it's so beautiful. Just goes to show the importance of having the courage to share because exploring the possibilities within ourselves and we're offering the, we're inviting other people to explore in their own unique way. What a beautiful perspective to offer the world right now, because the world has gone through, I'm talking about like the planet and the environment in particular, of course, all the human beings on it too, all of us, we've gone through a bit of a trying time recently and in, even in the last many decades. And 
what a beautiful perspective to offer the world. One of, oh, this is, this planet is whole and complete. I am whole and complete. All, all of these beautiful beings around me are whole and complete, and I'm going to treat them that way. There is a, a level of peace that comes with that. There's a level mm-hmm. of compassion and love and respect and reverence and all of these beautiful energies and emotions and feelings that come along with it. So what a beautiful, beautiful way of living and being to offer the world right now. And it's so timely and beautiful that we're offering this podcast, something I'm really, really happy to be part of. And uh, I'm very excited to see how future podcasts will unfold. It's going to be quite a journey. (laughs) Absolutely. And hopefully not just for the two of us, but for everyone listening as well. It's always very interesting to see how there is a topic that really resonates with the two of us and we decide to go with it for the episode and then where we where we end up. So quite frankly, it is as much of a journey for Ariane and myself as it is for everyone listening because we don't always know where this is taking us either. And I think that's a beautiful way to finish today's episode and it's a beautiful reminder for how simple life is and how simple and exciting life is because we don't really know whatever is around the next corner and I would say we don't need to know and we're maybe not even supposed to know that's so well said what a demonstration of trust hey (laughs) (laughs) yeah perfect example (laughs) Just showing up and trusting the process. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for today. And thank you so much, everyone out there. Bye-bye. Bye. Look forward to seeing you next time. 